Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 94 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, Now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, or if you are already a Muslim, if you've been a Muslim, and want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Now, with that being said let's get right into today's topic and today's topic we will uh, inshallah conclude the topic of destiny we will you know finish it inshallah today uh you know discussing the last stage and you know some of the the wisdom behind you know understanding destiny and all these things and how do we accept destiny um you know let me start off and, and we mentioned before like a quick recap that you know um Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the, the process of, of, of destiny goes through some stages, right? We said, you know, the first the first stage is the knowledge of Allah. You know, the second stage is uh, the writing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote, what he knows uh, about destiny, right? Which is everything about destiny. Uh, and uh, then uh, the will of Allah for the destiny to, you know, Allah has to will something for it to happen. And between these two, remember the second stage and the third stage, between the writing and the, and the willing, there is the, the, the sub uh, uh, stage, or if you want to call it the subcategory, which is uh, the editing or the modifying of destiny. And we said that modifying destiny is also written in our destiny. Because I've seen a lot of people and i want to like just take a, take like a few you know like a minute or two talking about this issue a lot of uh, muslims when you tell them destiny could be edited destiny could be edited could be modified they they get offended they they say no 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 everything is written by allah everything is destined you cannot modify destiny they get really offended they think like they think that when you say that destiny could be modified or claimed that you're somehow being un-islamic or going against you know what allah said but in reality actually saying that destiny can't be modified you're actually going against allah and his messenger when it comes to the sunnah let me explain to you how we already mentioned the 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 two hadith the major two hadith regarding that destiny could be modified could be edited using what dua we said that supplication praying to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally could change your destiny literally changes your destiny if if allah wills it of course so for you to come and say you cannot change no nothing could change destiny then you're blind the prophet you're literally saying that this hadith is is is, is a lie and guess what hadith comes from who allah who is the source of hadith the the, the 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 wording is for is up to the prophet sallam it's coming from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but the source the knowledge of the hadith the information that's coming from the hadith comes from allah 
So it, hadith is a revelation like the Quran. We already multiple times mentioned the difference. So for certain Muslims, and, and they are few, and I understand they're coming from good place, by the way. Like this is not I'm not I'm not trying to be harsh on them, but I see people online when 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 you know when when you when they're presented with the idea again based on the Sunnah and on the Quran that yes, uh, dua uh, supplication is the only thing that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said could change your uh, your destiny. They get really you know defensive. No no no. Nothing, Allah, you cannot change the destiny of Allah. No one can, because guess what? It is also destiny, but it does change. And that change, like we said multiple times, that modification, that second version is also in your book, in your destiny. But don't come and say destiny is not changed, because this is what the Prophet ﷺ himself said it. Now, if you're trying to say, as a whole, you will still fulfill your destiny that Allah wrote, you know, wrote upon you. I mean, I'm saying like, depending on your choices and the, th- the things that happen to you, the combination of both, then you're right. But when you say the idea that there is a, a modification, that this hadith doesn't make sense, this is, this is ridiculous. Because the Prophet said, if you're supposed to die on a specific day, and then you make dua, and Allah accepts the dua, that death date that that time for you to die will change. It is also written that it will change, but the modification itself happens. You guys, my dear brother and sister, do you understand this? The modi- Because some people might look at it like, if it changes and it's already written that it will change, so nothing changed. No. It did change. In your destiny, in your book of actions, in your book of destiny, things changed that were supposed to happen to you in a certain way. Now it changed. That is a modification in your destiny. Yes, I understand that it's all destined. It's all destined. We know that. We already mentioned that. But you cannot deny that step that there could be. Because guess what? The Prophet said the, the, the most powerful weapon a believer could have is what? Is dua. The most powerful weapon, by the way. So when you say, no, dua cannot change destiny, then you're number one belying the hadith. Literally belying the source, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, astaghfirullah. And you're basically denying the power of the dua. You see what you did here? So understand the hadith, understand the meaning of it. And, and I granted, everybody who I've, I've seen, I, they're not, they, they don't know maybe that the, 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 the explanation that comes behind those hadith maybe they don't know but i mean i've seen a lot even more people you know talking and saying no that is that was an argument online basically that's why i'm, I'm explaining this right now because there was a long argument online and the majority of the muslims the people there they said no dua could change destiny and do not nobody's denying that that change is also in our destiny but it's in a different layer, like we said. That change also happens in our destiny. I just wanted to make that clear. You can edit your destiny by making dua. Allah's telling you this for a reason. Allah's telling you this so you don't stop making dua for because you don't know. You might think you're you're destined to be miserable. You don't know your destiny. None of us will, right? None of us does, none of us will ever know the future. But Allah's telling you, keep making dua because I could change your destiny from something bad to something good. Keep making dua. 
you know, and be good to your kin. We said the 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 second thing that has an effect on your destiny that could change your destiny is being good to your kin, your family members. Right? Be good to them because Allah could extend your lifetime. What does that mean? That's a modification right there. Extending your lifetime, that is an editing in your destiny. So do not deny the fact that because you're literally denying what the Prophet and Allah said. Do not deny that. Just know that even that modification also exists. Nothing gets, like we mentioned multiple times, nothing exists outside of the preserved tablet, outside of our book of destiny. Nothing exists outside of that. But within the book, modifications could take place. That's all I wanted to say. Just to, if, if, and, and because that, that, that discussion that happened online, I was just worried that you guys might have the same feeling that some of you might be confused about this modification stage. But I hope that, you know, it was cleared out and it makes more sense if it didn't in, in the first place. Now, let's move on. And so uh, let's go back to the, to, the, to the stages. So we said between the writing and the willing, there is the modification stage. And then comes the fulfillment or the creation of the actual destiny, of us fulfilling our destiny. So we're going to call it the fulfillment or fulfilling the destiny, the stage of the fulfillment, basically, the destiny fulfillment. So now, before we start talking about that last uh, phase or, you know, that last step in the process, I just want to ask you, uh, I just want to tell you this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. Everything he created us, and we create things, right? Some of us create things, some people are inventors, right? That invention that people create belongs to Allah because Allah created you, Allah gave you the tools, Allah gave you the brains to do that, Allah gave you the knowledge. Everything that helped you create this comes from Allah. So, whatever you created belongs to Allah. Do you, you guys understand? So Allah is the ultimate creator. And he created us to fulfill our destiny that was written for us 50,000 years uh, you know, before the creation of existence. And again, I'm going to stress on this. Allah creating or writing our destiny doesn't mean he chooses for us. Certain things that happen to us come from Allah, of course. But we're talking about our own choices. Allah does not force us to choose. Otherwise, hellfire and, and paradise don't make sense, right? They just don't make sense. But Allah is the ultimate just. So Allah creates us to fulfill what we, we he already knows. That's basically it. To fulfill what he already knows, that will be our choice. We just don't know it. So we have to act logically in a, in a righteous, in a, in, 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 in you know, a way that has a lot of belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a good manner. Because we don't know our choices, how we're going to choose. Allah does. So let's just make the best choices. That's the logical thing, you know, to do. Now, you have to act to fulfill your destiny, right? Makes sense. Fulfillment means you have to do something to fulfill what's written upon you. So you cannot come and do, do like, for example, you cannot work for, uh, uh, you know, for an interview. You can't just stay home, lazy, not doing anything. And then you say, well, if it's Allah's will for me to get the job, I'm going to get it no matter what. That's not what a believer should say and how a believer should act. Again, knowing about destiny 
is actually actually subhanallah it's fascinating in islam when you learn about destiny you know that you can't be lazy because what is the number one thing we always say you do not know what is the destiny so stop acting like you do stop not work like for example if you have an exam and you don't study don't be like well if allah wills it i'm gonna pass no matter what even if i didn't study that does not make any logical sense you study and you do your best and the outcome is up to allah you have to believe in the outcome accept it no matter what since you did your best it's that simple so do not say don't, you have to fulfill your destiny. You have to act in a good way. You have to make the right choices. That's the fulfillment right there. You have to make the right choices. And then you can say, Allah It was meant to be. Don't say it was meant to be while you're not doing anything. Don't go do sins and say, well, it was Allah's will for me to sin. Do not ever blame your failures. Do not ever blame your shortcomings. Do not blame your sins on Allah. This is even a worse, you know, a worse mistake or a worse sin than committing the sin itself. This is like a major sin to blame it on Allah. And a lot of people, unfortunately, alhamdulillah, they're, they're mostly non-Muslims. They do that. They blame everything on Allah. Allah wanted us to become disbelievers. It was written. It's our destiny. We talked about this. No, it's your choice. Allah gives you the signs. Allah helps you. Remember the, 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 the verse? وَسَنُوا يَسْرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَ Ha, try to do the right thing. Have a good heart and Allah will facilitate the good path for you. Simple. Now, another thing, which is when when we say Allah created everything, right? And we say that everything belongs to Allah. Some people actually challenge that. Some people challenge that and they come and they say, well... And, and, and you know, there was an experiment that was made like a, some sort of like some person who just came to, to prove that he can also create like Allah, astaghfirullah. But anyway, brought a jar and that jar had animal feces in it and, and it was kept, you know, some meat and whatever, some disgusting stuff, bacteria. And he sealed it for a long time. Then he said, here you go. I created worms because worms started to come out of nowhere. The, the, here's, here's the interesting part. The jar was sealed. There was no worms before the jar was sealed. Now, the worms were created within the jar. So the guy said, here you go. I created life. <laughs> and here's the funny part. We all can create. We can come up with stuff. You get a, a seed and you put it and you plant it, right? In some dirt, some water, some sunlight becomes a plant. It wasn't a plant before. Am I right? It was not a plant before. So what happened here? What happened is this 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 person, that individual, or us when we try to do that with plants, we take something that already was created by Allah. The seed was created by Allah. The meat was created by Allah. The feces is something that's a result of us, which is a creation of Allah, right? And then we combine them together like we did with the plant, with the feces and the meat and whatever. And then bacteria came out or plant just, you know, started. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to compare these two things, but I'm just saying components that Allah created, we get them together, we combine them together with the right, you know, environment, something gets created. Plant or worms, right? Yeah, duh. 
it's like doesn't yeah you you took something that was created by Allah and then you combine it together something was created it doesn't belong to you you're not the creator because you took materials that were created by Allah that means these worms are created by Allah that means that plant that you just helped uh, same thing with parents same, same thing with parents does Allah manually create the child and he's like, here you go? No. Male and a female get together. They become intimate in you know halal way in, in, in the right circumstances. Guess what? A child is born. Are you the ultimate creator as a parent to that child? No. You did not create. You helped with the creation of the child using stuff that Allah has given you. That does not make you the ultimate creator. You were part of the process. You're putting the things together was part of the process. You and your wife being together or you and your husband being together, that was just the final part of the process for, actually not the final, in the middle of the process. Things happen after that, right? Same thing with the seed. You take the seed, you plant it, you're doing some, it's part of the process. You're not the ultimate creator. You know what makes you the ultimate creator? Creating a child without anything. Without any parents, without anything. Just like that. Creating a plant without planting planting a seed. Boom. Out of nowhere. Creating worms without this whole entire process. That's what makes you the ultimate creator. Do you know who does that? None of us. Only Allah. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He created this existence from what? Nothing. Nothing. He created us. He created Adam from what? Some dirt, right? He got dirt. Because clay. Adam is made out of clay. Who created the dirt and the clay? Allah. He is the ultimate creator. See? He creates from something that he already... That means he ultimately created from nothing. We as Muslims believe in the Big Bang. We just don't believe it's random. We believe that was caused by Allah. We truly believe in it. That the whole universe, the whole existence was one piece. And then Allah made the explosion happen. This We believe in that. This is actually mentioned in the Quran. But we don't believe, we don't believe in the Big Bang theory that everybody else believes in outside of the Islamic you know, community. Which is, everything was random. Everything was, does not even make any logical sense. But anyway, Allah creates from nothing. Absolutely nothing. We... Cannot create from nothing. Give me an example. And this is a challenge and Allah challenges us in, in, in that matter. Give me an example that we can create from zero. From, By the way, some people say, well, if I can do something from the air, air, air is created by Allah. All the, the, you know, the materials, the, the oxygen, whatever, hydrogen, anything, it's created by Allah. Even that is not created by you. So if you think about it logically, we cannot create from nothing. Allah can. Here's the big, big difference when it comes to who is the creator. We can help. We can have many creations using Allah's materials, using our brains that Allah gave us, using our bodies that Allah Allah gave us, right? That does not make us the ultimate creators. We're just having our own little creation, which is we're part of the process, right? Now, like I said, we can use the brains and the bodies that Allah gave us and the materials and the tools 
to create something good or we can use it to create something bad. Right? Now, when we create something bad, we will be punished for it. Like people who, you know, and again, it all depends on the intentions and whatever, but like I'm talking about anything negative that we created it knowingly that it's negative, but we did it for either money or for, you know, fame or whatever. Allah will, because Allah gave you this for a reason. But this, I'm now I'm going into a different topic and I don't want to, you know, deviate from the topic that I'm talking about right now. So anyway, so we know that you can, and, and you want to test that person who got the jar and whatever. Okay. Tell him without opening the jar. And this is a very, very interesting question. You can ask him. Or, you know, anybody who tries to do pull that, you know, little little trick. Tell him this. Tell him op- without opening the jar, tell me how many male and female worms are in there. You're the ultimate creator, right? That means you have knowledge of how many male and female worms are in there. Tell me. They won't be able to answer. They have to study. They have to open the jar, look at the worms and, def- you know, define which is, you know, male and, and female and find out. Other than that, they can't do anything. They can't tell you anything. And that shows how insignificantly, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to knowledge, how you know how insignificant we are when it comes to knowledge, comparing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, he is the source of knowledge, right? Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the chapter of As-Saffat, verse number 96, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَكُمْ وَمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah saying, I created you, Allah created you, and all of your actions. Now, some people might look at this verse and say, oh, I, I, I got it. See, our actions are created by Allah. Then why are we being you know, held accountable for them? No, 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 no. Allah is saying in this verse, Allah created you and your actions, meaning created you to fulfill your choices that you will make, your destiny. Allah did not create your actions for you. Allah created you with your actions, meaning what? To fulfill the things that you already chosen that he knows about. Again, I keep stressing this because this, unfortunately, is the point of weakness when a lot of people try to talk about destiny. And we're going to get to the end why we shouldn't deep dive into destiny too much. And the Prophet, we're going to discuss that and why it could cause a lot of harm more than benefit. But anyway, you must choose which actions. It comes with a clause here, like an asterisk, right? Allah created you. Allah created your actions, but you have to choose those actions. And Allah is making you fulfill your choices. And you must perform the actions for Allah to hold you accountable. Again, if you are made, if Allah created you to fulfill your actions, committing sins, guess what? When you commit sins, then you'll be held accountable because it will be your choice and you actually did it. Allah is not going to punish you because you were supposed to do something and you didn't do. Allah will punish you for doing the sin, committing the sin and not repenting from it and not sincerely repenting from it. This is when, you know, you have to wait for Allah's, you know, either you repent or you just leave it up to Allah. I mean, if you die, I'm saying like if you die upon not repenting and you were oblivious to repent, which is kind of weird. But if you were oblivious and if you were, you know, didn't know how to repent or you leave it up to Allah. But my point is you will make the choices and you have to fulfill those choices. You have to fulfill your destiny, fulfill those choices. You have to commit the actions for Allah to hold you accountable. Whether it's good or bad, like you have to do. Now, actually, no. 
because if you think about it, when it comes to Allah's generosity, Allah's ultimate generosity, if you just have the intentions, just the intentions to do something good and you don't actually do it, you'll still get rewarded. Can you imagine? Look at this. Wallahi, it's unbelievable. We, I don't know, but I think we definitely mentioned this before. If you have the intention to pay charity for someone, some poor Muslims, or, or non-Muslims, like if you're doing just, because we said the mandatory charity, the zakat only applies on Muslims, the sadaqah, which is the regular charity, which is gives you way bonus, more bonus you know, uh, rewards, uh, but if you don't do it, you're not sinful, that applies on Muslims and non-Muslims alike. So let's say that there's someone that you want to pay charity for, and uh, you got tied on money, and you just couldn't do it. You're still going to get a reward for thinking about it, for you know wanting to do it. If you actually did it, you would get what nine more rewards. So it makes a total of ten rewards. You know that one good deed equals ten rewards. Ten. If you do one good deed, you take ten rewards for it. And of course, it depends on how big the deed is. Those rewards could, you know, go up the roof. But my point is, if you have intentions. To do something good and you don't do it, you still get again one reward. If you actually do it, ten rewards. And the rewards in terms of size matter, in terms of significance matter, depending on the good deed, right? Anyway. So again, Allah is fair. If you you have to fulfill your destiny, commit the actions for Allah to start dealing with you, uh, you know, based on that, for Allah to either reward you. And even when it comes to rewarding, Allah is very generous. You don't have to actually commit the action. Can you believe it? For Allah to actually reward you. And when it comes to the sin, you have to actually do the sin and not repent for Allah to punish you. This is to me not fair. By the way, this is generosity. Because if Allah treats us in a justly way, oh boy, we're, we're, we're done. This is more than fair. Now, I'm not saying this is unfair, like in a negative way. I don't want people to misinterpret this. When I say this is not just fair, I mean this is more than fair. This is just generosity. Like there's a difference between fair, me giving you uh, this job that you did for me. For example, you, you came, you did something for me, 10 bucks. It's worth 10 bucks. So it's fair for me to give you 10 bucks. It's generosity to give you 50. So I don't think it's fair at this time. It's more than that. It's 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 generosity. So that's what I'm saying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and again I'm not comparing, but I'm just saying giving you uh, as usual a human example. Allah didn't have like would like he it's it's fair not to give us rewards for thinking about something good because we didn't commit it yet. We didn't do it. But because Allah is generous, he actually gives you rewards for just thinking about it. And more rewards if you actually go go ahead and you know do it. And when it comes to a sin, Allah doesn't punish you if you repent, even if you commit the sin. Unless you commit the sin and you do not repent, then you got you, you know you will be punished. Otherwise, no. Subhanallah. This is to me generosity, not just fair. So anyway, if we, for example, take love and hate. You know, the, 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 the emotions of love and hate. It comes from Allah. But again, Allah doesn't control our hearts that way. Here's how it works. And this is very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? In the chapter of Hujurat, verse number 7. 
He says, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعِسْيَانَ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ Allah is saying very simply, Allah made you love faith, made your heart open more to faith and, and purification and, and you know pure, purity and made it feel good in your hearts and he made you despise and reject and hate this belief so even these believers by the way they're not fully satisfied some of them are really stubborn yes but they're not fully there's something missing and that's why a lot of people when they convert to Islam and I'm pretty sure some of you who are you know converts they feel that you know, if, the, if you guys converted based on complete, complete, you know, conviction and complete, you know, uh, um, understanding of the religion. Because some of you, you know, I, I and I've met some of you and, and, and I actually have friends who like became Muslims and they were just, they, they, they put their, you know, foot in and they're not fully there yet, but they were really intrigued that they decided to become Muslims. And then later on, they became, mashallah, very, very righteous. Like happened with the companions, remember? We talked about that in the last season. Uh, but some who really know the religion and they were in love with it and the moment they become Muslims, I literally have people saying, I, it's like a burden has been lifted. It feels good to be clean, to know my purpose in life. Allah made that happen in your heart. So Allah is saying, I made you love goodness and good stuff and and, and, and and good deeds and and doing something that's righteous this is will always be beloved when you do something good for someone else you'll always feel good it's it's a human nature now some people few because Allah made that look look at this when Allah makes the the fault emotion is to love good and hate evil and you still become an evil person that means you are really evil because your default, our nature by default is to love good and hate disbelief and evil. So if you're really committed to disbelief and evil and you're not doing anything good, that means you're truly a bad person. That means you're really going against Allah's, you know, nature that he put in you. That's simple, as simple as that. That means you deserve what's coming for you. Unless, again, there's always hope and you repent. So, like I said, Allah makes a believer love faith. And good deeds. You have to be good. You have to have a pure heart. You have to have a pure heart for you, for Allah to facilitate what's good for you. And you have to be really evil and have dark, um, you know, a dark heart for Allah to facilitate the wrong path for you. It all depends on your heart. But at the end of the day, Allah makes you love things more than others based on you. It's again your choice. It's not Allah's choice. Allah doesn't force things upon us. One of the things that Allah created also is repentance. You know, he taught us how to repent. He, who taught Adam how to repent when Adam ate from the tree? We always mention that. Allah did. Allah taught Adam how to repent and he accepted his repentance. The ultimate generosity again. The ultimate generosity. The ultimate, subhanAllah. Taught Adam how to repent. Then when Adam used that repentance and he repented, Allah accepted it from him. Same thing with us, by the way. We were taught repentance from Adam and all the prophets and messengers. When we repent for a sin that we committed, who accepts it? If it's sincere, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who taught it to us, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isn't that crazy? Wallah, it makes you literally love Allah beyond anything in this existence. Someone that generous, and it's not someone, Allah is above people, but I'm just saying an entity, the creator, the God, the ultimate God, the only God, who is incredibly generous, merciful, taught us how to repent, and then when we use something that he taught us, he's rewarding us for it. Imagine this, subhanAllah. Imagine it, subhanAllah, wallah. Now, when it comes to fulfilling our destiny, we need to have two things. Like, we need to, um, you know, um, have the will to do it. Our will now. We're not talking about Allah's will. We're talking about our will. We need to have the intention to do it. And we need to have, you know, the ability to do it, the action to do it. So, for example, I mean, any action, any fulfillment. If someone forced you to say bad things about the religion or Allah. Now, now what is the definition of forced? If, if your life depends on it. Somebody, somebody put a gun to your head and said, curse Allah and his messenger. Allah won't hold you accountable if you do. Believe it or not. You, you are allowed to curse Allah and his messenger as long as you don't believe it in your heart and you're doing it to save either your life or the life of loved ones. We also mentioned that example before, but now in the light of destiny and fulfillment, you know, and the will of us fulfilling our destiny, it's important to mention again. You didn't have the will, the intention. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. You did not have that. Your will, your intention was not to do that. But you had to. You were forced in a, in a very life-threatening way to do that. Then you are excused. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands this. He knows what's in the heart. You cannot fool Allah. We talked about this many times. If you're unable to fast Ramadan, if you're sick or if you're traveling, you're not required to. Allah gave you a pass. I mean, you have to make it up later. But if you're sick and during Ramadan, if you, you know, for, 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 you know, our sisters, if you're, you know, you have your menses or, you know, you, you have your period and you, you can't, you're not supposed to fast, you're not required to. And then later on, when you feel better, when you recover, you can make it up all those days. And again, why? Why are you not required? Like, why do you, why did Allah give you a pass? Because you didn't have the ability. So again, fulfilling our destiny, fulfilling the actions, it requires two things. Our intention, our will, and our ability, which is the action itself. So to fulfill your destiny, you need two things, like we said. Your will and your ability. The will is you're not forced to do something, right? You're not forced or unintentional. You do something that's unintentional. You know, like for example, somebody tricked you. Someone gave you water And it turns out There was alcohol in it You were not drinking You did not know You were drinking alcohol So you're not held accountable Because it was not Your intention Same thing if you're forced So that comes To the first component The second component If you cannot physically do it Like if you cannot physically Stand and pray Then you have to sit down Allah gives you that permission You can sit down While you pray If you are incapable Of standing If you're incapable Of sitting You can actually Pray laying down on your bed or whatever. If you can't even move your body and do the movement, of course. And if you can't even do that while you're laying, you can actually pray with just your eyes. Can you imagine the amount of licenses we're getting if we're physically incapable of doing, you know, something that Allah asked us to do? 
incredible. Same thing in Ramadan. Don't fast if you are sick, if you're physically unable to fast. Same thing. So what, what I'm trying to say is intention or will and ability must be you know, present for us to fulfill our destiny for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hold us accountable for whatever we do. Now, another thing is we should not, you know, attribute evil to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only good. What do you mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the chapter of Nisa, verse number 79, If something good happened, it's coming from Allah. If something evil happens, this is different from tests, by the way. For being tested with difficulties and hardship Something evil happens It's because of you Good comes from Allah Nothing but good comes from Allah Allah is not the God of evil Allah is the God of goodness And righteousness And piety So if it's bad It's not from Allah It's If it's good It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allows both though Here's the big difference though Here's the big big difference Allah allows evil He does not cause it again allah allows evil to take place like we said for many wisdoms we mentioned this and you know for you know the life is not all it's a test for us and all these things but allah doesn't cause evil but allah causes good things to happen to us again allah does not cause evil he causes good things to happen to us and we cause good things too but we're saying things that happen to us come from Allah when they're good they come from us if they're not here's a beautiful and maybe something you guys didn't notice in the chapter of Kaf verse number 79 remember we talked last time about the the, the, the story of Khidr and, and Moses and when they were traveling right and, 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 and Moses said I'm the most knowledgeable and then he went with Khidr who was a prophet too and they sabotaged the ship we mentioned the story last time right and it's a very famous story in, in the Quran Look at the linguist, like how linguistically uh, Khidr was using his words. He said what? Now when Khidr is explaining, now when, remember when Moses kept you know, disagreeing, why did you do this and why did you do that? So Khidr told him, let me explain to you, but then you're gonna, we're going to have to go separate ways. So when Khidr was explaining what happened to the ship, that you know, remember when Khidr made a hole in the bottom of the ship, and the ship was basically defective, and he did it because you know what? Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, the, the the that pirate king wouldn't take that ship. We talked about this. If you guys didn't, you know, don't know about the story, go back to uh, the previous episode. We mentioned it in, in a lot of detail. Alhamdulillah. So, but look at what, what he's saying. As for the ship, down this is him talking. Khidr. I wanted to make it defective. I wanted to sabotage it. So that king or that prince, whatever, that leader wouldn't come and confiscate it. He said, I want it to. Look, he attributed something because what he's doing is not apparently on, on paper. It's not a good action, but there is goodness coming out of it, right? So look, he says what? I wanted to sabotage you. I wanted, but we all know the commands came from Allah. Allah told him this. Yet, when he's talking about the action itself, he's saying, it's me. I, I wanted to sabotage it because Allah doesn't sabotage. Allah knows the grander plan. 
Allah has a big wisdom, a beautiful and a merciful and a good wisdom, but I did, I'm the one who sabotaged it. But look here. Then he goes in the same chapter, chapter of, of, of Kahf, uh, verse number 82 now. He says what? وَأَمَّا الْجِدَارُ فَكَانَ لُغُلَامَيْنِ يَتِيمَيْنِ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ وَكَانَ تَحْتَهُ كِنْزَةً لَهُمَا وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا فَأَرَادَ رَبُّكَ أَنْ يَبْلُغَ أَشَدُّهُمَا Look here. Remember the, the other situation that happened with them when he started building that wall and, no, and Moses was like, why are you helping these people? But it turns out there were two children who their father, they were orphans, their father died and he was hiding a treasure. And Khidr wanted to hide to keep the treasure hidden from the people of of this city, so or, or village, so they they don't you know uh, steal it from the boys, right? That was the story we talked about it also as well. Look, he said what he said. So as for now, we're talking about how is he saying it word for word? As for the wall, it belonged to two orphans, uh, and. Underneath it, there was a treasure that their dad, their father left for them. And Allah wanted them to grow up and enjoy the treasure. Look, Allah wanted them. He didn't say, I wanted them. He said what? Allah wanted them. So when he attributed good to Allah, Allah wanted them to grow up. But when he did something that seemed wrong, it was not wrong, the, the, the wisdom was obvious, but it seemed wrong on the surface, he said, I sabotaged it. Because he could have said, Allah wanted me to sabotage. Which is the truth. Allah commanded him to do so, right? But again, out of respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to show that nothing, because what he did was not evil, just to for you to you know understand. But even the action seems on the surface that it's bad. So that's why he says, I wanted to sabotage it. Then when it comes to the wall, he said Allah wanted to uh, for them to grow up and enjoy the treasure that their, their dad left them. So at the end of the day, Allah only is, is the source of only good. Evil is not, Allah does not, uh, he allows it, Allah allows evil, but he's not the source of evil. I hope we clear this you know, point a little bit. Now, the manufacturers of you know anything cars uh, you know home appliances whatever you, you you name it they create the thing they create the product and then they write the manual and they give you the manual so you know how to deal with it look at allah again the ultimate creator he created our manual before he created us what is what is our manual not the destiny the destiny is our, don't don't get that wrong destiny is what we do or what happens to us. But what is the manual, the guide? It's the Quran. It's the Quran, straight up, right? It's the Quran. Allah created the Quran when? 50, again, with, with destiny, by the way. Quran was created first before Adam. Just to let you know, the Quran that was given to our Prophet was created 50,000 years before it was just revealed to the Prophet when the time that it was revealed at. But it was created 50,000 years before, again, with the preserved tablet. Quran is before existence. So Allah created our manual before he created us. And that shows you that he is the ultimate creator. Look in the chapter of Rahman, verse number 3. 
Ar-Rahman, verse number one. Ar-Rahman, verse number two. Allama al-Quran, verse number three. Khalaq al-Insan. Look at the order here. In the chapter, the first three verses. The first three verses in the chapter of Rahman. Allah's identified. Ar-Rahman means the, the, the ultimate merciful, the merciful. So Allah is calling himself Ar-Rahman, the merciful. That's the name of the chapter. He's identifying, he's telling you, Ar-Rahman, me. Allam al-Quran. Wrote and taught the Quran. Khalaq al-insan. Then created mankind. Look, Allah created the Quran, then created mankind. No, there's no creator like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't even get close. Allah created the Quran for us before he created us. And that goes to what? The ultimate knowledge. Allah has the ultimate knowledge of us, of his creation, right? He wrote the Quran for us knowing that it's the ultimate guidance for us before we were even created. And that's why the notion that people are saying the Quran needs to be modified, and again, there are very few in this, this existence, it's just ridiculous. Now you guys know why people who are trying to modify Islam because they want it to match modern society doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. Allah created the Quran 50,000 years before he created us. And now you coming in 2022 telling me nah, there needs to be some modification. Allah has the ultimate knowledge. Allah knows us. Allah knows what's going to happen to us. Allah knows all the evolution stages that we're going to go through. He created the perfect guidance. Until the day of judgment. Nothing will require or nothing will come close to Quran. No opinion. No anything that a human being can come up with that will come close to Quran. It's that simple. Wallahi. Now, um, uh, we're getting close to the end. So I wanted just to let you know that it's, and again, this could be a trivia question. If you guys, you know, but something cool to know. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything with the word be and it became. Kun fayakun. So Allah uttered the word be and it became. Angels, jinn, a lot of things, heavens, earth. Be and everything became. Adam is what? We know that. Adam, Allah fashioned Adam with his hands. He created Adam without the word be. He created him literally with his hand. Or hands. You know, the throne of Allah. This is based on an authentic hadith. The throne of Allah was created by Allah's hands. The pen, the qalam that wrote, you know, that writes everything in terms of destiny, by Allah's hands. Eden was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In his, with his hands, with his bare hands. And Adam. So chronologically speaking, the throne, the pen, Eden, and Adam. These were the four things that Allah, the only four things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created with his bare hands, with his own hands, his mighty, of course, and, and uh, his divine hands that we cannot attribute to or compare to our hands. Throne, pen, Eden, and Adam, peace be upon him. So now we're going to get to the, this is this is it, and inshallah, this is how we're going to end this, this episode that we're going to talk about. Uh, number one, accepting destiny. And then number two, why we shouldn't go deep into destiny in terms of arguments. We have to accept destiny as long as we do our best, right? So you do what you can. You do what you can 
to get the best results, to get the righteous result, the stuff that pleases Allah, or if it's something that's not related to religion, if it's something that good, it's good for you or good for your family or so forth, right? You do your best and then whatever comes as a result, whatever happens is not up to you anymore. It's up to Allah. Whatever, if it's not in your control, then leave it up to Allah. But during that time, make dua to Allah to give you the best results. So your job doesn't end by doing the action, by doing the fulfillment, right? Like your job doesn't end there. When you do what you have to do and you're waiting for a result, you have to keep making dua. We said dua is very powerful. Oh Allah, give me the best thing. Like if you go for, like and I mentioned this, uh, this, this example a lot, but it fits. If you want a job so much, work for it, study for it, do your best. Be on your best behavior during the interview. After the interview, you did your best, you did everything. Keep making dua to Allah if it's good for you now because you don't know. This is a tricky part here. You don't know if this job is going to be good for you or not. So that's why when you make a dua, say, Oh Allah, if it's good for me, make me have this job. Make me win this position. And if it's bad or evil for me, if it's going to cause me any harm or my family, then push it away from me. I don't want it. And give me something better. Give me something better. So that's the attitude of a believer when it comes to accepting destiny. Now, if you don't get it, don't be upset. If you don't get it, don't be upset. You did your best, you made dua, that means Allah knows what's best for you, you don't. Allah knows what's best for you. You have limited knowledge, you don't know the future, you don't know what could have happened, so be patient. Be patient. Then we're saying if something bad happens to you. And if something good happens to you, be thankful to Allah. Alhamdulillah. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that he gave you. And move on to the next and the next and the next fulfillment and all these things. So the attitude is, do your best. Make dua. Accept the results. So three steps. Do your best. After you do your best, Make your, your dua. Number three, leave it up to Allah. Accept whatever Allah gives you because you did your best. You made dua. That means whatever is happening for you is happening for a reason. Whether it's good or bad, you accept it regardless. That is the true attitude of a believer. So that's when it comes to uh, accepting destiny. The last thing we're going to talk about uh, in today's episode, inshallah, is why shouldn't we talk too much about destiny because wallahi this topic confuses a lot of people a lot of people get confused by destiny they don't know how it works and the different stages and it just boggles their minds and it just it, they, they end up losing their minds and to that the prophet sallallahu told us in an authentic hadith do not do not argue too much about destiny one time he walked in on the companions and they were talking so much about destiny. So how does this work? How does it, does this make sense? So if if the if if the future, if Allah knows the future, does that mean that I have to, the stuff that we talk about today? Does that mean I'm forced? I don't have a free will, or do I have? Uh, and if I don't have a free will, then that means that I'm, am I supposed to be punished for something that I didn't choose? And all these things, right? Look at what the Prophet said to them. He got so angry; his face turned red. Wallahi, it's, it's crazy. The description is by those who wrote the hadith from the Prophet. And he said, Abi Hadha Umirtum. Were you commanded to do this? 
Did I tell you to sit down and argue about destiny? Was I sent to you with this? Did I tell you, yeah, this is part of our religion to do this? Look at this incredible. Allah tell, the Prophet the Prophet tells us exactly why we shouldn't. And he doesn't tell us in detail. He just gives us one single phrase. Nations before you were doomed and destroyed because they were arguing too much about this. We don't know how. We don't know who. إِنَّمَا هُلِكَ مَنْ كَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ حِينَ تَنَازَعُوا فِي هَذَا الْأَمْرُ All I can tell you, the Prophet is telling the companions, all I can tell you is this. Nations before you, people before you, were doomed. Literally, hulik. The word hulik, hulika in, in Arabic means doomed. They were destroyed. Were ruined. Because they were arguing too much and they thought they were too smart for this. And they need to figure it all out. It drove them mad. I'm commanding you. I'm telling you. Do not ever argue too much about this. This is a direct command from the Prophet Meaning it's a command from Allah too. Because Allah is the one who inspires the Prophet to tell us what to do and what not to do. So it's ultimately coming from Allah. Through the Prophet Don't. Your mind can't handle every... Because if we sit down... And try to analyze every aspect of how does the you know destiny work, we will lose our minds. Because it's one of these topics that our minds cannot fully comprehend. It's that simple. Allah created human beings with limited minds. Now trying to figure out things more than your mind can't take will drive you nuts, will drive you mad. That's what happened to certain nations before us when they were too focused on how on the science of destiny. Allah gave you enough. We had this, uh, I don't know, like we're, I think five episodes, I think. Alhamdulillah, five episodes. Five full episodes, almost an hour each. Digesting this whole topic of destiny based on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us and the Prophet also told us. We, in, in these five, you know, hour kind of, you know, episodes combined together, we learned what we're supposed to learn about destiny. Hear me out again. What we're supposed to learn. Going beyond that, trying to figure out, unlock the 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 the, the, the you know the full information or the full truth about destiny will drive you mad because Allah did not give us the ability to understand it. Allah gave us the ability to understand what we just talked about for the past five episodes, including this one. That's what Allah gave us. And that's what we should work with. And it should be more than enough. Some people, too arrogant. Too arrogant. And wallahi, I've, I've been in presence of, of, of some. Too arrogant that they want more. How are you going to get more? If Allah didn't give you more, what, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to come up with it. I'm, I'm intelligent enough. Really? How? Allah gave you your intelligence. What are you talking about? It's just, you know... Some people are too arrogant that they think they can unlock something Allah didn't unlock for them. Allah gave you enough. Like the soul, think about it. It's not like there's a secret that Allah is hiding about destiny. It's just our minds can't comprehend it fully. Again, I'm going to keep repeating fully. Our minds can't comprehend destiny 100%. We can't. 
Allah didn't create like same thing with soul the soul. Do you know how the soul works? You'll never know. But guess what? Some people out there are just trying their best. They'll never be able to. And as many things, you know, seeing angels and all the unseen stuff. We, Allah didn't create us with the ability to fully understand it. We have to rely on faith, belief. That's the gist of this whole thing. Allah is testing our belief. When He gives you something that's enough for you to live by and makes you happy as a happy believer, live accepting destiny and knowing what's good and what's bad when it comes to destiny, Allah gave us all this. Now it's up to your belief in Allah to accept it or try to you know, get more from where Allah knows best. I don't know where you're going to get more information when Allah didn't provide any. So, I think with that, you know, um, I hope that, you know, we talked about destiny. We understood what we're supposed to understand regarding destiny. Again, thank you so much for your patience and, you know, for being there. Because uh, I know this topic was, again, requested by a lot of people. And it is a very interesting topic. Um, hopefully, we understood, what you know, um, as, as much as, you know, we can to help us be better believers in, in, in this life and you know to help us gain rewards in the afterlife by utilizing what we know about destiny in you know in our own benefits inshallah thank you so much for listening wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh